Hi, Man. Thank you so much for coming on Black Ink Podcast. Thanks for having me. Um, you're more than welcome. Um, before we get into it, I know you're a journalist at The Guardian, um, but tell us a little bit about yourself um, and your journey. Uh, well, I'm Algerian British and I grew up in the UK and I've spent lots of time uh, traveling around, very lucky with work. Um, and uh, I do a series on modern masculinity for The Guardian, which is on YouTube. And I really enjoyed just- that. Thanks. I'm glad that you enjoyed it. Um, It's an opportunity, I guess, to kind of get out and uh, be curious and explore and go speak to people I don't usually speak to, which is what I think I'm probably all about. It's just like getting out, meeting new people um, and trying to learn something new. So that's why I'm a journalist. Yeah, I hear that. Um, I've got two brothers and a lot of them are cousins. So I often force them into um, like very awkward situations like ask them questions um, and really challenge them because otherwise I'm like, I don't want you to go into the world. And people are like, you have sisters? Why did they not check you? Um, oh, yeah, honestly. Do you know what? I think I find it a bit of a red flag when a guy doesn't have a sister. I think- <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, uh-oh, he hasn't been prepped. <laughs> yeah, no, the guys and sisters are just like, they have already had all that like groundwork and training done. So Yes, exactly. <laughs> and also you're my first female guest, which is like a celebration inside. I was like, yay! Good, I'm glad. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So where can people catch you on your socials? Uh, It's Imani Amrani um, on both Twitter and Instagram. And if you just type Imani Amrani into YouTube, there's loads of videos. Uh, I think Masculinity Series is one I always kind of like point people to at the moment for sure. I got a bit lost in that as well. I I typed you in, I started watching one video. It was like a few hours later (laughs) and I was like immersed. (laughs) It's it's maybe, and do you know what? There's some videos I watch back now and I'm like, oh my gosh, why did I do that? Do do you know what? I have this awful habit of when I um, speak to people, I always um, code switch and like really speak like the person I'm talking to oh. and yeah so I was watch back the interviews and I just find it is so embarrassing because for, the worst one was when I met this guy um who is a UFC fighter and he is Cuban American I, I listened back and I was speaking to oh my him God. And he's really famous and I was like oh my gosh I'm not going to say his name but like it's so, <laughs> in the edit I was like to my editor I was like you have to take out my Mexican accent because it's, it's, it's so, I'm going to be looking for that now I'm going to be searching for that online <laughs> Just, uh, right. it's not there <laughs> oh damn it I, my sister is quite similar she all of a sudden if she's with a Liverpudlian she has that accent it's like I'm like Sophie what are you doing um, so that's why I find it quite hilarious yeah and the worst <laughs> is I think American accents the American accent's really bad it just sounds like my mate's like what are you doing <laughs> Like, who, who is this? Who are you right now? <laughs> and it just is so easy to pick up as well. And it kind of sounds like we're taking the mick, especially when we start doing the... the yeah, no, it's true, it's true. But yeah. Um, so thank you for coming on Black Ink Cinema podcast. Um, it's all about celebrating all things black cinema. And we asked you to pick a film and you chose Dead President, um, directed by the Hugh brothers, um, who they also did Menace to Society, which is a classic. Um, why did you pick this film? Um, well, as you say, the Hughes brothers, they did Menace to Society, which is like an iconic black film and I love that film like Mm. it's kind of a bit like Boys in the Hood when you're looking at like the issues it deals with Um, but I feel that Dead 
presidents as a follow-up is really interesting because Menace to Society deals with a lot of issues to do with the ghetto in LA and it's got like this kind of famous story about how Tupac was supposed to be in it but he didn't want to yeah. play like a Muslim gangbanger and then there was like a fight and all this stuff and that, and that those stories um, you know they exist and they're very kind of prominent and they're at the fore when we're talking about you know mm. films of the 90s but Dead Presidents took it a step further and instead of dealing with like issues to do with gangs and to do with um, crime just in and of itself in like an urban context, it was dealing with black veterans who had been uh, serving in Vietnam and I thought that was such a fascinating place to go and look at a story because it was different, you know, it wasn't like people always complain about, you know, the way that African-Americans in particular are seen in film Um, and that's why I wouldn't have wanted to choose necessarily one of the gangbanging films even though they're excellent they're really good yeah. and they're a valuable part of the culture yeah um their presence is like a step beyond do you know what i mean so i, thought it was I just a brilliant choice i thought it was an absolutely brilliant choice um and it's so underrated yeah, yeah. massively a lot of people haven't seen it like mm-hmm. a, lot, <laughs> a lot of people haven't seen it but i remember when i was at university um i so even before I'd been at university, like I'd spent a year living in uh, a Haitian village in the Dominican oh, wow. Republic. Yeah, That's like amazing. It, it was really, really interesting being there and like looking at how like Haitians basically Haiti and Dominican Republic is the same island. Yes, um, but like the Haitians, uh, they come over to the Dominican Republic to work on like uh, the sugarcane fields and things like that. And mm. basically they come as like manual labour. It's almost like yeah. a form of like modern day slavery, what goes on there. And race there is super interesting. And I was like interested in that, obviously, because of my background, like being Algerian, I'm super yes. interested in, in all of those issues. Yeah. Um, and my boyfriend at uni was um, French Cameroonian. Okay. So we had that Franco, like French background, both of us did. Yeah. And so we'd be like, just like rinsing through all of these like films, which dealt with race <laughs> and stuff. So, you know, mm-hmm. I was just like such a nerd on like Spike Lee and, and. Oh yeah. Like this. You're preaching to the choir, babe. Don't worry. Yeah. I'm not <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's one thing I found really interesting um, is that they touched upon the Vietnam War and how um, the black community was affected. And I think the only other show that I know recently anyway that touches upon that I don't know if you've watched it is um Watchmen series I haven't watched it no but I've heard about it yes babe it's amazing it's actually it blew my mind I was not expecting it it's nothing like the film so don't go in there thinking that that's what it's like but they I haven't seen the uh, you mean the film like their presence is it a film is Watchmen a film as well yeah Watchmen yeah there was a film like years ago (laughs) okay okay because I'm like I don't I've heard about this but it's one of the things I haven't oh my god no and so they've done a a series um HBO with Regina King and they they bring in race and they talk about the Vietnam War and and they have a similar scene of like Negroes go home and and this and kind of feeling very displaced that you're here fighting for a country that doesn't fight for you kind of thing. Um, so it was quite interesting to watch that in there as well. There were quite a few things in there that I feel like have been touched on. You know, like, say, for example, like Muhammad Ali mm. said he wouldn't go and fight in yes. Vietnam. Like, yeah. that was a story that we were kind of familiar with. And, and I think especially like in the UK, being further away from that history that America has with Vietnam yeah. and the way that we look at it, it was like, oh, Muhammad Ali said he wouldn't go. But what this film did was it actually shows you what that experience was about for the people that did go. Exactly. Um, and I just thought that was really interesting side to things. Like most people weren't Muhammad Ali. Most people couldn't just be like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to go and, and, you know, do what I'm asked to do. And yeah. that's why I think this film's a really, really important film. 
Yeah, because it starts off and it shows Lorenz Tate, this young kid, innocent, and he wants to find his place in the world. And it shows his journey from that into war and how you literally see his innocence being kind of like stripped away. Um, in particular, that scene when he has to help his friend die and um, he's had his guts blown out. Um, and you do cast. spoilers on here then. You're just, you like straight up. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if they haven't by now, they should, you know? <laughs> I love how you look at it and be like, don't tell them. I hate spoilers. <laughs> but if I know that that's the rule, it's okay. But I was oh, like, yeah, it's oh, okay. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's totally fine. Um, we'll warn them at the beginning and be like, you know, if you haven't watched this, go watch it first and then. Okay, um, cool, cool. You know. but, um, yeah, did you feel like you could connect with Lorenz Tate's character um, at all? I mean, there were lots of things that I felt connected to something that I felt a part of in a weird way. Like growing up, like I was always aware that, you know, Algeria fought for independence and they got independence in 62 from the French, right? Mm. And like people like, um, you know, my great grandparents would have fought for France, right? Mm. In mm. in the French army, you mm. know, and and... They, they wouldn't, the, lots of those people came back and they were not looked after. You know, there's lots of Algerians who basically they fought like they were French and they fought, you know, under the impression that they were going to get liberation and then that didn't come and then yeah. nothing came. And yeah. so there's like a collective kind of struggle from like the former colonies, right, where people have been used in a certain way by, you know, armies and powers which are in mm-hmm. control and they've promised things that they've not like followed up on. And I yeah. feel like that's what happens in Dead Presidents. It's like these are black men who fought like for America. America, yeah, and then they basically are just screwed by the system. Exactly. So mm. I felt like you know there was stuff like that, and then obviously there's like a reference to like the Black Panthers, and you know way back when in the sixties there were <laughs> there was like Black Panthers who were exiled from America, and they went and lived in Algiers. So like Algiers kind of got a connection. Oh my god, I did not know that. I heard yeah. a lot of like Cuba and and you know the Caribbean, but I did not know about the Al- Algerian connection there. That's pretty so cool. Algeria has like a really strong connection with places like Cuba because of that whole like fighting for liberation I, you know, yeah. I, when I watched this film I have to say I was in uni when I was like full of like the idealist <laughs> like, reminiscent for me of those, those idealistic times as a student where you're like yeah like fight the power and you know watching these films being like yeah you should like stand up for what you believe in obviously, yeah. I that, but obviously I'm a little bit more cynical these days but oh yeah <laughs> you and I both <laughs> it's like fight uh, we try yeah exactly but you know watching films like this kind of remind I enjoyed watching it this week it reminded me of that feeling of being like oh yeah like you know you should stand up for what you believe in and mm. and and kind of have an idea of what it is you want to do in life which is what a lot of these films in that golden era as Lorenz Tate kind of called that era of like black cinema and in America yeah. that golden era had a lot of things about taking control of your future and realizing that the system isn't set up for you and it's very specific to an African-American experience but I think yeah. a lot of people from different backgrounds and communities can watch that and be like oh yeah like you know, if you're not careful, you will fall into something that you don't have any control on and yeah. and it might not end very well. Yeah, I mean, the cast was ridiculous. You had Lorenz Tay, Chris Tucker, Terence Howard. I'd almost forgotten that Chris Tucker was in that film. And then when I, considering it was just after or around uh, Friday, I think he gives a really good performance. Yeah, like he... He's a he's a baby in that film. He's like he's a baby. so young. He's a baby. He's so young. Yeah. But he um I do think that in that film he really brings a lightness to the film needs because without yes. him Oh my god, it was quite dark. <laughs> it is dark. And he he like he does that thing that I love with comedy where he like brings a lightness but a truth. 
Yeah. You know what I mean, and and yeah. so I found him to be a, like a fantastic addition to the whole the whole thing that was going on because Lorenz yeah. Tate, he was just probably he's good looking, but he's not very funny. His character's not funny. He's not really got yeah, any no. Yeah. going on. So <laughs> yeah, he was so young, so handsome. Um, he still we, is. Have you seen him recently? Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> when he did the cameo in um, Girls Trip, like literally everyone in the audience was like, "Woo!" <laughs> <laughs> it took us back yes. for a minute. It took us yes. back. Yes, and he hasn't aged. He's a bit of a Pharrell. Yeah, oh God, I know. I don't yeah. know if they're drinking vampire blood or something, but they need to share it because honestly, it's just he hasn't. That was so nearly thirty years ago, and. He hasn't changed that much. It's mad. It's mad. Absolutely crazy. But his performance in that is so good, so underrated. You kind of expected him to propel into like mega stardom. And I feel like he, I don't know if he, it was a conscious decision for him to kind of like take a step back a little bit. I don't know. He did do, I feel like he did do quite a lot. I mean, I just feel like I've seen him in quite a lot of things, and mm. he did like he played the romantic guy as well. What was, yeah. it? was he in? Was it in Love Love Jones? Love like, Jones, so he, yeah, he, yeah. So he's like he. I remember watching him do an interview, and actually, I think with Lorenz Tate, what I respect him for was that he managed to play such diverse characters. And he said yeah. in an interview that after Menace to Society, he was like, "Great, this is great," and it was a hugely successful film. Yeah, but he was like, "I'm not." just played a gangbanger. I'm not going to just yes. play like a gangster and like, and a bad guy. I can be a good guy. I can be the romantic guy. I can, yeah. do you know what I mean? I can be a, like a Vietnam war vet. Yeah. You know? I think he did that quite well. Um, and in this, it kind of feels like there's three films. You've got the coming of age, you've got the Vietnam war, and then you've got the heist. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you think that worked or did you think it was a bit too much to squeeze into one film? I quite liked it. I like those films of the nineties. You know, something about those films where yeah. they were, they were, they're like chat proper chapterized and yes. you're not quite sure what's going to happen. And, <laughs> and I, I like that. I thought it was cool. Um, yeah, but it reminds me of so many different films around yes. that time. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It's like yeah. love and basketball has a similar thing of like, yeah, you know, it's like different sections of life. Yeah. Even then, do you know what I mean? It's like somebody's life journey and like the steps you take yeah. um, and where that leads you. So. And, Usually I'll think it's a little bit too long, but it was needed to show the different stages of his life and how his character develops throughout the film um, and how he got from point A to B. So I think they did a good job, personally. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so do you think, it didn't, when it first came out, it didn't do too well. Um, do you think that played against them, like the fact they try to do too much or... Um, because obviously now it's aged as a nice cult classic, but at the time it didn't do as well as like Minister Society or... I think that films like um, Menace to Society, they give people what they want in a Mm. really kind of raw way. It appeals to like a bigger culture. Like, do you know what? The soundtrack is excellent on Dead Presidents, but in Menace to Society, there's something about it that really, really does link to uh, like a wider hip hop culture, like to Mm. a wider culture in terms of like, even like early black Hollywood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thinking about like, LA and the Tupac era and whatever yeah. you know even though he ended up not being in that film that story do you know, do you know what I mean that generated mm. so much kind of energy as well Tupac's like mm. I was the one that introduced those directors the people that gave them that do you know what I mean it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. there was so much buzz around all of that and I feel like Dead Presidents it's like more grown up do you know it what I mean is, it's like, yeah. it's I thought like, it was more grown up more serious and I think people weren't sure where they fit in it 
Yeah. But then I think it's a really interesting thing to actually look at that and be like, why did it, why does that not do as well? Because when you talk about like diversity in cinema, right. And you're talking about, um, Oh, why is everything, first of all, I love Top Boy, but a few people were like, Oh, is it it again? This is how black stories are being told. And it's like, you know what? Those stories do really well, both in and out of the community. So you have to ask the question. So when these other films don't do as well, it is, it is really important to say, yeah, like, what is it about this that hasn't connected with people? And why is it always these other ones that, you know, I, I think I have a, I don't know, I have my own little theory and I kind of feel like Menace to Society appeals to the audience outside the black community as well because it's like black on black violence. And so that's kind of like, oh yeah, we're used to seeing that. Oh, that's fine. But when it comes to like a human story of black men going to fight in a war, which is not often told. I can't tell you how many World War II movies I've watched. Um, but like, it's kind of like people like, oh, that's a bit, that's a bit too serious. And so people don't make that connection. So that's my kind of theory when it comes to why hood films work and there's so many of them and we'll turn them out. But when they're like a proper drama like this kind of comes around, um, people are a bit thrown and they're like, oh, well, okay. I'm not quite sure where to put that film. Yeah, I mean, it is interesting. I feel like, as well, like I say, I watched this at a certain time in life where I was like, yeah, I'm really about this, like, (laughs) learning about the history. I was never, like, an activist student or anything like that. I was not, that was so not my bag. I was like, (laughs) I just, you know, wanted to go out, have a good time, but also, like, understand, like, where the music came from. I was really Mm -hmm. into music. I, like, wrote about music for my dissertation and stuff, like, and so I wrote about like Afro-Colombian identity and hip hop. And that was what I was into. And I was always kind of interested in understanding like the overlaps and how things worked. I, but I, I liked knowing that there were like collective lines between the struggles that like different groups of people had. Because yeah. I feel like we get so, do you know what? I feel like we get so divided and actually those collective struggles can actually unite people. Mm. And um, I just felt that, you know, that film really did do something for me then where I was like, oh, okay, you know, and, and those, that's when like the seeds were kind of sown around that age and even before for like, you know, doing the masculinity series that I do. So, you know, in the film, there's this thing of, of Lorenz Tate's character. He wants to be the man and he wants to provide. Yeah. And he's gone off to war and he's gone off to war to try and make it, make him a man. He said to his mm. dad, like, isn't that what you said about when you were in the army? Like, yeah. I want to do what you did. Yeah. And so you can see he doesn't really know how to become the man he thinks he's supposed to be. Yeah. You see his relationship with this girl that he doesn't really know. And, um, you know, and when he goes away, he comes back and they've got a kid together. It's like he doesn't know how to communicate with her. Yeah. And there's another guy that's been on the scene and this guy's been, you know, sorting her out with money and sorting her out whatever else, you know. I mean, is that his kid? But that's that's for another day. Yeah. I mean, 100%. <laughs> but it was kind of mad because it was just like, watching that, I was like, I feel bad for him because he's obviously not equipped with the tools to navigate this world yeah. that he's in. Yeah. And, you know, the, 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 the issues to do with like, they never name it, but HIV is, yeah. you know, PTSD also never actually named, but you can mm. clearly see that, you know, there are so many different things that come up, which I'm interested in just generally now, you know, like mental yeah. health and like how we don't talk about that with men and all of these other kind of taboos come up in the film and they're never really like totally cracked open, Yeah, but they are picked up on. And that's something that I really, really, I think probably has influenced like my work now and yeah. the way that I approach stuff as a journalist. 100%. And I think just watching that, you, like with your series of masculinity, 
it hits a nail on the head. It's like no one really talks about what they're really going through. Everyone's suffering in silence. Um, you know, Chris Tucker's character's taking drugs. Um, there's so much goriness. I mean, the, the gory scenes of Vietnam were just like, I don't know how anyone can come back to normality after witnessing that. Um, but when uh, Bakim Cleon cuts the, the guy's head off and keeps that uh, <laughs> in his bag, it's like, and then comes back and he, he becomes a pastor. It's like, how did that crazy person become a pastor? And he's like leading a whole congregation. Um, but I think there's so many talking points in Dead Presidents, like, you know, mental health and, you know, sexual health, drugs, like there's so many different levels, like how you fit back into society after experiencing um, war. Yeah. And I mean, not all of that makes for like, I guess like Hollywood kind of excitement uh, yeah. in the same way that I guess Menace to Society has. And yeah. it's just something as well that's more difficult to unpick. Mm. Um, and it's not something that's easily marketable. Yeah. But I definitely think, you know, dead presidents, obviously they're talking about money. That's what dead presidents means is like yes. cash. So like yeah. the whole thing also coming back to money and Jay-Z and Nas and that, <laughs> that terminology, you know, that word, what that word means. Yeah. And like how important that is within the African-American community. I was like, oh, okay, even if this film hasn't done amazingly on like a, you know, on a much wider level, I think yes. it's a really, really important. important oh, one million percent. Really, uh, I, I sure. totally, yeah, agree with you. Um, I loved the, um, in the high scenes, I love all the, the face paint and um, in particular, the, the sister, the young girl who like jumps out of the bins and like shoots the guys I felt like the female characters were very underdeveloped in this but she's a badass (laughs) Black Panther uh, to say the least what were your thoughts on the on the female characters I think that very often they have been underdeveloped in like I guess this genre even I remember what is it is it Jada Pinkett Smith's character she plays the character in Menace to Society yes I remember do you know what they're always like ride or die like yeah. and and that phrase ride or die Bonnie and Clyde right that is even like you know Beyonce and Jay-Z doing that video way back when and it's the so detrimental well, it's, yeah, but it's of the moment. It was like, that was how women used to talk. Yeah, can you imagine Cater to You, Destiny's Child? Like, can you imagine? That wasn't even in the 90s. <laughs> that was like last week. Like, so that song, Cater to You, it's like, wow, would you be able to, would Beyonce be able to sing that now? I don't think she would. Like, you know, like, the, the way, and the, the whole, like, um, uh, yeah, girls that are there to ride or die and those characters say for example in Love and Basketball or even in this 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 film they're like underdeveloped but it's like they're always there to prop the guys up and yeah yeah a, a 100% something that I I feel like we absorbed that a little bit so we, we had like some strong female character you watch Jada Pinkett Smith now and you're like okay cool it's like <laughs> I mean, she's she's proven character. herself <laughs> yeah but I remember reading Elaine Weltroff's um book so obviously she was the editor like the second black editor ever at like Condé Nast so she was the editor of, uh-huh. of Teen Vogue and mm-hmm. um she did so many amazing things uh, while she was the editor of Teen Vogue like really switching it up and like speaking to a young female audience like trying to have these empowering messages and stuff and I remember reading her book and she spoke about like previous relationships with guys that she'd had and how she'd be influenced by that kind of era and that kind of um I guess the culture being yeah. like ride or die and she yeah I'm down to ride, but why do I have to die? She was like, wait, yeah. wait, that bit. Like, I'm down for the journey, but like... <laughs> I, 
I don't, yeah. And, and that's kind of what happens in this film. Yeah, like, out of all of them, dead, right? she's the one <laughs> who dies. Died died. Yeah, Do you know exactly. What I mean? Exactly. And so the other one, who was like the hot girl, who was like, you know, you ended up being like, oh, she's bad. And in a stereotype, you know, like the Madonna Hall complex, right? Yes, so like, exactly. Okay, she's the one, the guys are like, mm, I don't like her. I've watched it with several guys. The guys are like, oh, I don't like her. I don't, I don't trust her. And then they see what she can do whilst she's away. And they're like, yeah, I told you about this one. The other one was always better. And it's like, the other one was like the pure one, the right yes, guy. Exactly. And then she dies. And you're like, yeah. oh my gosh, is that all the... So I totally, I do hear what you're saying. But it was yeah. the era, do you know what I mean? It was just like... And even the girl, I don't like the way she was like, it was a very stereotypical, like, facely black girl and you need to go get a job. And it was all very much like naggy. And it's like, I, I just didn't really like what she represented and how she was portrayed. I just wish they'd kind of given a, a crap a little bit more about actually how you were supposed to kind of take care of someone when they've just come back from war, kind of understanding and what they need. Um, and the fact that he was actually trying to be a stand-up guy, do you know what I mean? Um, oh, 100%. I feel like I watched it and I got annoyed with her as well, but yeah. I also really felt that she was of a... She was like a certain kind of character that was did reappear in a lot mm. of... Yeah. Films, music yeah. videos, like just like TV shows. Like there was always a girl like that, I feel like, around like Will Smith's characters. And, like, yeah. There was always that girl being like, you ain't shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you know what but I mean? Then everyone thinks that as a black girl, that you're that girl. Like I, I remember like, if you weren't a facey black girl, it was like, you're not black. It was just, that was kind of, and so I just think people need to be careful when they are portraying certain characters, especially black women on telly. Um, who have you seen more recently like okay it's it's going to be such a cop out if you say Michaela Cole but oh, like, she's about to flip it she's about to flip it oh, I was going to say she's really t- you can't tell me not to say Michaela <laughs> I was going to say because I'm like she's she's the obvious one that comes to mind but can you think of I mean you could say her but I've, I was wondering if there were any other ones that were maybe less obvious that come to mind Issa Rae Issa Rae oh, yeah, okay. and Michaela Cole are like my gods right now because <laughs> I feel like what they've done individually and you know kind of at the same time as well um I've waited my whole life to see a character like Issa Rae's on telly and what is I mean, it about her character that you were waiting to see someone who I could finally she, to me she was just normal she was the normal black women that I'm I'm used to being around like just normal like there was no they're funny they're crazy awkward you know smart silly make mistakes like she kind of fits all of that stuff in there because I feel like growing up it was either like you had Aunt Viv (laughs) who was like a strong black woman you know that Mm -hmm. kind of or you're a hot mess it was like those are your two options (laughs) you don't really have you can't be silly and awkward and goofy or and Michaela and Issa have kind of done that they've allowed and I'm like, yeah, I fit in that category. I'm not really, <laughs> I don't really do the other two too well. Um, so yeah, and I, and I love that. It feels like there is a new genre, not so much maybe in cinema, 
but like in like more TV where the female characters are getting that kind of development and attention. Like I think I did an interview recently with Rami Youssef who does the TV oh. show Rami. And so like he plays like an Egyptian American yeah, Muslim yeah. in America. And it was like, oh wow, this character is, he's not being, you know, uh, defined by the stereotype of like the Muslim living in the racist country and it's like exactly. Islamophobic. He's like, and he's not also like struggling with his family and his identity. It's like he's struggling with himself and yeah. he needs to be. <laughs> Just and humanity. Yeah. Exactly. And that's what Issa Rae is doing with Insecure 100%. Yeah. And Michaela Cole and these got these characters are flawed. Yes. And you look at them and you're like, I'm so angry with you. Why are you doing yeah. this? Like, I remember I was so cross with that. I was like, why would you do that? But it's, yes, you're human. You will make mistakes and you will learn from them. And My favourite thing in Insecure is that one scene where she's getting, like, so I can't remember his name, but he's going down on her. And she is like, you could just see her face and he's got his head between her legs. And um, <laughs> I just, I like, you know what? I just thought it was amazing. So I was like, I can't remember too many films where I've seen a guy go down on a girl. Yeah. I've seen a lot of blowjobs. Yes. Yeah. So I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, honestly, watching that, it was groundbreaking. It was just like, I'm, Oh, okay. Oh, all right. Yeah, it's it's quite graphic, and I, it's one of those I can't watch with my mum or anything like that. But um, yeah, it's mine and my sister's kind of show, um, and my brothers as well got them watching it. One hundred percent. I mean, Dead Presidents has like that, like maybe one sex scene in it, and then there's a few like prostitutes in Vietnam, and there's like yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. That, but then that was also at the time as well. Like there was no good sex. No one was having good. <laughs> Like, like when you would hear them thinking that it was good sex, you'd be like, this is not the case. <laughs> Any boys watching these films, that is not good sex. Like, You're like, no, 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 no. Don't copy that. <laughs> Awful. So much talk, too much of that, and not enough. Yeah, thank you. Oh, God, that is... Um, going back to Dead Presidents, that cameo at the end with Martin Sheen, Lincoln in the um, Vietnam War, because obviously he was in Apocalypse Now. Do you think that was intentional? I mean, I was quite surprised because he's a big name. He's, you know, he's pretty huge. I mean, I'm not too sure. Like, I haven't really looked into that massively. Like, I know I've seen that, like, referenced online, but it's not something that I haven't even watched Apocalypse Now. Yeah. Oh, there's a a few classics that I haven't watched that I just can never admit to anyone. Um, But no, it's a great, it's a good Vietnam War film as well. Um, I should check it out. I should check it out. Classic. Um, And they haven't really done too many movies together since then. They've kind of gone separate, apparently, word on the street. The brothers. Yeah, the Huey brothers. Yeah, like one of them lives like in the Czech Republic or something. And then the other one worked on the Defiant Ones with um, yeah. Dr. Dre. Yeah, which was so good. Yeah, that was Such amazing. a shame though. Like, you know, they make great movies together. Yeah, but isn't that the thing with brothers? It's like it's like Liam and Noel Gallagher. Do you know yeah, what I mean? true. Like, it's, it's almost like, like you're too close to home and you can really get at each other I mean imagine though like a siblings like I love my sisters but I couldn't work with them are you mad like no like it was just too much and they've made amazing things I think you probably just get to the point where like you just need to go off and do your own thing yeah twins as well that's intense that's that's a lot yeah you probably just need your individuality at some point and you're like I need to go live my life now 
definitely. You just get older, I guess. You they were they were like twenty when they got so like young. sign off for Menace to Society. They were they were also babies. They were yes. only little. So twenty years old, can you imagine? Was it didn't they get like a hundred was it a hundred thousand dollars to make that film or something? Yeah. Like insane. Nineteen ninety three or something. You're like that is a lot of money for two twenty year olds to be given yeah. to make a film about like about like gangsters in LA. <laughs> <laughs> exactly um saying that i was why i was mentioning martin because that scene at the end when um lorenz is being sentenced anthony and he throws the chair and honestly i felt like at one moment it was gonna like kill martin sheen and that seemed (laughs) improvised but that's one of my favorite scenes if you had to direct someone to youtube to watch a clip to entice them to watch their presidents if they haven't already what clip would it be Oh, what clip would it be? Do you know what? It would be the clip when um, when Lorenz Tate's character has come home from work and he has just lost his job and he's bringing back some food for the family and the guy who's been seeing his baby mother is coming out of the apartment and there's just this like struggle between the two of them and it's just, like you can see the like humiliation and hurt in his eyes and you're just like oh my gosh this is honestly like it's it's very it's just really powerful I felt like mm. it was really really powerful and that yeah. was one of the films that re- that was one of the moments of the film that really stuck with me yeah that was that Definitely. was tough because it really like it felt he was emasculated in that moment um, well yeah do you know what guy. one thing I would say is um that even though the female characters weren't massively developed, it was really interesting to see a black male character being cheated on by his partner, mm. being like basically like not respected by his partner because so often in films, like what we do see is that the woman is actually, you know, just like being cheated on. It. Yeah. yeah. Being like treated in a certain way. So even though I fully accept and understand that they are undeveloped, I think that that the female characters actually in a way are kind of strong. Like they yeah. she's not going, Oh, I'm just like a, you know, being woman by my husband. She's yeah, like, true. No, nah, you are not getting the money and I'm going to go do my thing. Do you know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> 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 um, it is. It's interesting, you know, cause like when two black men, well, like I, you know, I don't think I, well, I did a, in one of the episodes, I, um, um, the masculinity series I went to um, a Nigerian barbershop and was talking to the guys there and the guy here in Slider Cuts was saying to me that like men in the barbershop never talk about getting cheated on mm. they never talk about that and actually oh, that doesn't happen what are you talking about exactly it's just like I'm the only one that has a second family back home do you know what I mean like yeah. man. but it's like actually that's quite it was, when you think about it it's kind of groundbreaking that they went and did, yeah. did that you know and the fact that he was still willing to stick around or kind of fight and stay there um, another scene that I like is um, when he beats up Terence Howard, when Anthony beats up Terence Howard's character, because his character was so annoying in this, but he played it well because I guess, you know, that's, that was his job. Because um, yeah. he kind of stood up to himself and you, and you saw that. But I, I really enjoyed that scene because it showed the transition of the character as well. Terence Howard, oh my gosh, like that guy is always playing a troublemaker. I'll just, I just want to see him play a pastor one day, like just, just a nice Do you nice think guy. he could? I don't think he's got the eyes for it. I'm not sure. Like he's got a look on him that you're like, mm, I don't know. Yeah, I think he's, he's, his face just looks mean or like sinister. So it would never yeah. come off very, 
um, since but he did. He did look. He also looked very good in this film. Oh, yeah. I was, I was like, like, oh, like, oh hello, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Terence, I see you. <laughs> you have been brilliant. I have loved our chat so much. Thank you so much for joining me on Black Ink Podcast. Um, once our screenings are up and running, I'd love for you to come and join us. For sure. Yeah, definitely. That'd be great. Oh, yeah. I will send you an invite. Um, But I just want to wish you all the best of luck. And is there anything else you're currently working on that we should look out for? Uh, I do a YouTube series at the moment called A New Normal, which is kind of like muddling through what the future's going to look like uh, after this really weird time that we're going through. It's all a bit mad at the moment. Um, But yeah, there are a few other projects that are up and coming, um, but I can't really say much about them right now. So That's fine. That's (laughs) fine. We'll keep an eye out on your socials. Yes, for sure. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks again, Iman. Take care. It's been lovely. Cheers. Bye. Bye.